0: Hello, you're listening to an SSFD network podcast from the School of Social and Family Dynamics at Arizona State University. Hi, I'm Jennifer Brome, And today we're going to do a podcast and I'd like to welcome you to seeing how the Stanford School and the Pat Tillman Veterans Center have join together a working relationship for the benefit of the ASU community, understanding military families, our veterans, and how we interlink with one another. Today we're going to take a look at the military family and the veterans. We're going to gain some perspectives on individuals that are part of our ASU community. And we really wanted to help bring insight and future discussion. Hi, I'm Jennifer Brom. I'm faculty with the T. Denny Sanford School of Social and Family Dynamics. And I teach a class that deals with looking at military families, and joining us is someone who has very specific knowledge about all areas. Jeff. All
1: right. Thanks, Jennifer. Hello, everybody. My name is Jeff Gimmerin. I'm the executive director of the Pat Tillman Veterans Center here at Arizona State University, and I am a retired Air Force uh, uh, Colonel who uh, served 25 years and going to have some good conversation today because I dragged my family around for all that time. And I think that's an important aspect of uh, understanding the experience and uh, also had a couple of command tours to where I got to see that impact across uh, the lives of many. So looking forward to it. Back to you, Jennifer.
0: Okay, thank you. Well, you know, Jeff, there was an old adage in uh, the Army. I don't know about the Air Force and the rest of the services, but in the Army, it always said, if they wanted you to have a wife, they would have issued you one. So fortunately, that doesn't exist anymore. It was a joke, you know, and everybody was ha, ha, ha. But there was a reality to it back Then, but fortunately, uh, the services have become much more understanding of the sacrifice that military families go through, and that it's recognized now so that you know, I think that's very, very important. Uh, but the mission hasn't changed. The mission and the responsibility of a military person serving in the military is primary. And there's a huge responsibility and there's a readiness that needs to uh, be there. We have seen over the past years uh, deployments extend their times. Uh, we have, uh, Seen that veterans that have experienced issues during the time they are serving have come home and it's become part of their family now even though they're not active duty anymore. So one of the things that I'm hoping you're going to share with us is as you said you are executive director of the Pat Tillman Center and our in Air Force, Colonel, retired now, but you're also a husband, a father, and uh, you had to balance all of these things. So I guess basically, how'd you do it?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> it just kind of <laughs> happens. Yeah, so that that is a great question Is 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 really finding that balance. And you hit on a couple, I think, very important points with respect of how the military has, uh, in its past and its traditions, viewed the family life, the the addition of a spouse, and then the sustainment of that throughout the years, and how we've changed as a culture, has been dramatic. Uh, I mean, just in the in the 25 years I was in, uh, I could see significant shifts in how we approached uh the the family orientation the cultural aspects of it uh what impact that had on the unit its readiness its mission the people and 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 i think probably the best way to kind of put all this is ultimately the the military operates successfully based on the people that it has and whether they're able to do their job and so when you give them more structure and stability to do that, you're going to have more success. And I think that's been kind of the mindset of, of the more modern American military over the last maybe two to three decades than probably it was in uh, uh, earlier stages of its history. Uh, so I think that's an important kind of aspect to, to understand is is the evolution of, of things. And and so I, I was very fortunate having come into the, the military and the air force at a time where that shift was moving in the direction of let's find more stability for the, the airmen, the troops, the, the personnel. And, and one way to do that is, is to encourage kind of that family unity. And, and I think uh, it's not for everybody, but it's, it's for the majority it, it is, is what you'll typically see. Um, and I had, had to laugh too at, at, at you bringing up the adage of uh, if, if the military had wanted to give you a spouse, they would have issued one. I, I think that's an important thing to understand uh, in terms of how the military does training. And, and so when you come into basic training or you come into officer training, they want to break you down to the, to the bare kind of foundation, right? And then build you back up. And so... They they're going to put in your mind that you don't need to to do or think anything else and worry about anything else other than turn into this this soldier this marine this sailor this airman or or whatever it is, and so uh, I I think a lot of it may have been somewhat tongue in cheek when it when it was stated by uh, some nasty uh, drill sergeants or anybody else <laughs> like that uh, that that was trying to. Uh, uh, push that on, on the, the new troops. And, but I think it's just a formulation of, Hey, we gotta, we gotta break you down and then we're going to build you back up and then, then we'll issue you with the family and then you can <laughs> go on with, with your success. So I, I think all that's important to just kind of have, uh, you know, contextually to understand, um, and then, you know, to specifically answer the, the question you have about, uh, you know, how do you do it? How do you find the balance? That's, that's hard. Um, the, the biggest challenge, I think, initially for me, which uh, many go through, and, and I think you probably saw it as well, is uh, m- my wife, uh, she, she had her college degree. Uh, she was a biologist, still is biologist by trade. Um, um, and so the, the challenge there was when we moved from place to place, uh, most of these places we went, there was nothing there that she could do in that respect of, of that career field. Uh, we found a, a couple of times where, where we hit the jackpot with it, but moving every two and a half to three years with limited options, uh, that, that was tough. And so I, I tried to look at, hey, how can I shape where I go and find that balance to allow her those opportunities, but it it was hit and miss, and so that that made things challenging for sure. And then and then when you have kids, uh, you know, drop that on top of it, and now it's even more complex because now you're shifting a larger group of people around the world to different places, and you have to try to figure out how to accommodate multiple uh, persons <laughs> and their wants and their desires. And uh, there's not a lot of flexibility for that. And so I, I don't know that the right answer is that we, that we ever balance it. I think it's more of we just find what we can do the best we can with what situation we're presented. And, and in some cases, that, that means a heck of a lot of sacrifice from the family members because they're just not going to see that balance until 25 years later now when I retire. <laughs> they have more opportunities and they can have some influence in that, but it, it's a challenge. And I, I'd be curious to kind of get your perspective in the same sense is, uh, you know, what, what was your experience and, and how did you strive to find balance within, within that context as well?
0: Well, I, I think, you know, I think I, I agree. Balance is always going to be tricky, but I'm not sure that that's not true for every family that you're mm-hmm. all. Always- to balance out everyone's needs. Um, However, you know, our experience was in the older military system because of the fact that the draft was still in existence. I'm part of the uh, Vietnam group of of military families. And so there was different attitudes uh, among, you know, the individuals within the military themselves. I mean, some people were, Uh, wanting to serve their country some people were wanting to uh, make it a career and then there were other people that were there because they got a notice in the mail that said you will show up and uh, so I think and to be honest um, I don't think I I really understood what was going to be required Mm. of a military family and uh I think that that's something that I strive to hope that continues to grow and improve that a person moving into a marriage with someone in the military or both in the military, they really understand uh, what's required. Uh, So I went in as a young naive (laughs) second lieutenant wife and I learned quickly that second lieutenants are meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> so and you totally depend on the on the graciousness of your uh master sergeant. <laughs> so um so anyway, so um I learned that. Um and so a lot for me was trial by error and there were a lot more traditions that were uh, you know, you were expected to go to the commander's house on uh, New Year's Day and, you know, so some of the stuff. But I think that um, once you get your footing, I think it's fine between, you know, the husband and wife, but then put children in the mix. <laughs> and, you know, it's fine until you have to worry about school and activities and in, you're right, then you you have so many other things to consider. You know, in certain ages, you know, they have to leave a boyfriend, and then you're the worst parents in the world. And so all of that goes in. So it's really difficult. But I do think that um, if you understand this, and I, under, I learned my understanding with growing pains, but I think we're so much... Uh, I think the military is far more sensitive now to the family. I look around and I look at the younger individuals within the military and the wives, and it just seems that everybody has a better uh, grasp of the situation. And I'm I'm pretty sure that some of that comes from being a volunteer uh, military. Now, I think that probably moving to that was probably a very wise decision on someone's part because of the fact that people want to be there. Yep. and there is No better support system in the world, and you, you can't convince me there's no better support system than your other military families. And, uh, they, they are there. Through thick and thin, you can let them know you have an issue. Twenty five years later, and they're there to support you. So, and I think that's something that is important for people to understand the camaraderie and the uh, community that uh, exists in a military culture. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I I couldn't agree more. Um, The all volunteer force was definitely a a tremendous paradigm shift and and i think that culture and that approach because when you want to be somewhere you're you're bought in a little bit more of course um and you come in a little bit more eyes wide open knowing what to expect and it's it's interesting uh you know your comment about you didn't know what to expect uh I think uh, I think we have gotten better at that. I, I think there's a lot more education. There's a lot more lessons learned. You can't even uh, turn around without seeing something on the internet that helps. You know, kind of set that that understanding, offer that knowledge, that insight, that experience. Uh, so it's it's out there and it's available to be more informative. Uh, also, each of the military branches on all their installations. Um, Some better than others. I'm not going to rat out any of the the branches here, but some (laughs) some better than others know what they need to put in place. And they do uh, in terms of programmatics, uh, resources, making that available. A lot of people take advantage of that and they take advantage of it pretty early uh, to help kind of stabilize the wobbly wheels initially when you first come in. Uh, and, and when I say you, it's the family. If, if you are bringing a family, there's a different transition that you do initially that you experienced versus a, a younger troop, uh, or even myself. I, I was not married when I was a brand new second Lieutenant. I came in single and I didn't get married until I was a, a mid-level captain. So it, I had time to develop and, and figure out what I was going to do. As uh, uh, contrasted to uh, a situation like you coming in with your husband, and 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 you all were brand new, and so it it had a, I think a different impact. Uh, two uh, for me, my wife was a, an Air Force brat, so we're, both her parents were active duty for their whole careers, you know, twenty five to, to thirty years. So she already knew what she was getting into and and that absolutely helped uh, the transitions, the understanding, the the cultural integration. But I I will tell you during my command times uh, and the units I was in, you could see the stark contrast between those that that had some of that foundation and understanding and knowledge and want to, to utilize those resources in direct contrast to those that were brand new uh so a young troop comes in uh in some cases already married maybe even with a small small kid or two and the 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 sheer sense of overwhelming and and unknown and and just you know feel like they're floating in space was dramatic and so we could in the unit recognize that at the unit level. And that's, that's critical too, that you have people in the right place, like a first sergeant, like a, an NCO of a, of a work center. Uh, even those second lieutenants, I would drill it into them early as these are the things that you, you as leaders need to look out for. Uh, and so you could very quickly pick up on those instances where somebody might be struggling with something uh, and, 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 and again, that's when the scaffolding gets put in place. That's when the structure gets put in place and, and we monitor it, but it's, it's demanding. That, that takes a lot of time and energy to do that. But I believe the military gets that now is that if you don't do that, you're gonna directly impact your readiness, which directly impacts your ability to conduct your mission. And if you don't do that whole, Tooth to tail analysis and understand that if there's not that foundation and that good structure with with the the individual, the person, the family unit, that it's going to have negative impacts across the board for you. So, I I feel very confident the military understands that for the most part. Um, the only times I see them kind of veer away from that is is when it's personality driven by somebody that just doesn't get that and and there are a lot fewer of them than there are the ones that do get it. And and that's a good thing, I think.
0: Right. I think not only the military gets it, but I think the university gets it is Mm -hmm. because, you know, I am part of the school that looks at family and human development. And I was really supported and encouraged when I wanted to develop the course looking at military families and, uh, you know, I think that they felt that that was incredibly important. If you're looking at families, then you need to look at individual areas and this is an important area. And so I think that the university committees or communities are understanding it as well. And I think that's great. But one of the things that I do wanna, and you are the appropriate person to talk with uh, on this issue, uh, is that we know that some veterans bring home some issues and, uh, and it goes to their family and now they're no longer active duty and they are uh, still have to deal with certain things and some of them are trying to move on with their lives. And they come to the university and they walk into our classrooms, and uh, and I think you know I think ASU has superior faculty. So, uh, but I'm not sure that we always understand the differences between who are our campus students and our vets because our vets are the same age as some of our campus students chronologically they aren't experienced. You know, the, the vets bring some experiences that, you know, that have really either made them grow up quickly or have scarred them or there's, you know, a myriad of things. So I think I'd like to use this opportunity to maybe talk a little bit about uh, how our, the ASU, they're definitely members of the ASU Community, How can we be supportive to them as their roles change and they transition?
1: Yeah, so I I appreciate you asking that. Uh, And and I'll echo what you just said is ASU gets it, I think, across the board. Uh, We are a a very strong, supportive university for both military and veteran type issues. And and it's evident in in the population that we have attending here which is is a little over 10,500 now military-connected veteran and uh, and dependents. And those dependent numbers have been increasing over the last couple of years as well as as a lot of the the military members or the veteran member uh, who served are given those benefits to a dependent, be it a a child or or even a a spouse in that case. one of the things that, that we do in the Pat Veterans Center is, is we help connect the dots. And I wish that I had all the resources that, you know, at my fingertips to, to say, hey, let's get them counseling. Let's get them financial aid advice. Let's get them uh, help with a, a job placement. We, we want to do all those things, but we don't own them within the center. And, and we rely on the uh, ASU enterprises writ large. To do a lot of that by us just kind of facilitating and playing a, like a unit for a sergeant role, right, from a military unit is let's help student get to this point and and, and find and seek the advice and counseling and assistance they need. Uh, so we'll, we'll serve in that capacity and continue to do both on campus and, and uh, online population, which uh, is a, a little over 7,000 of that 10,000 plus number. So huge numbers in the online space and they're they're facing the same circumstances uh uh, interesting age demographics uh you you brought that up and and actually our our average age of our military and veteran population not including dependents is 31 and a half years old so it's it's significantly older than that 18 to 22 year range Mm -hmm. Uh, a big chunk of our uh, new first year students are, are typically, uh, like you described that uh, 22, 23, 24 year old who just came out of the military after four or five years. Uh, and so we find that, that they have a, a much different experience than that, uh, that older, more mature group of the 31 and a half or so average that typically has a family uh, may already have a job, has different financial obligations on their shoulders to address, and so forth. So, uh, we we try to kind of take it as a case by case basis with each of them. Is how how can we line them up with the support that they need and, and build the success scaffolding around them uh, to to get them through successfully. And and the main goal is is not to get the degree it's to get a good job after you've done all that. So we try to keep them, them aligned to, to that target set. Um, but one thing I, I, I do wanna throw out there and, and I know I've, I've spoken with you before is uh, our center uh, does what's called a uh, proving grounds. It's a, a training curriculum that we do that we offer to staff, faculty Uh, across ASU, and also to other organizations outside of the university. And what that that, uh, tightly packaged kind of training and education curriculum does is uh, Sean Bonzeff and Michelle Leposki provide it to the group that they're engaging with, and they explain to them, hey, here's a veteran's perspective. Here's what they experience. Here's what they're looking for when they come into an institution of higher education. Uh, here are the struggles and the challenges that they face uh, when they do that, and uh, to the point of kind of family, we've we've learned some things over the last three or four years too to understand better how do we how do we set up and organize and educate people on the the implications and the connections to. The, the family issues that we're talking about. So we don't just focus on the student anymore. We're looking at how do we expand that understanding and knowledge and know that when you're dealing with a with a student veteran, there are ramifications around that student quite often that, that impact directly family uh, because immediate family. It's not like a 18 or 19 year old who's been shipped off from Michigan, right? And their family's all back there and yeah, they have issues and and that separation anxiety, but I'm talking about a 31 uh, you know, year old individual who's got three kids and, and a spouse, and they're trying to juggle all these things. How do we figure out what we need to, to structure our success scaffolding around them differently than we do that 23 year old who comes out of the Marines and is single. So big differences. And mm-hmm. And that's why we need a center like Pat Tillman Veterans Center in place to understand that, to connect the dots to the resources that are available and then tweak the programmatics as we go for things that change because we are a direct reflection of the the military and, and where it's at now, Active Duty Guard Reserve projected into the veteran space. And so we need to know what's happening while they're in and serving and what they're bringing to us and and then how to how to deal with it how to accommodate how to set them up for success so I I say again ASU does an excellent job in that and that uh, you know rarely if ever do we come across anybody that doesn't want to just jump in a full bore and support that and and it's evident too by the program that you run and the participation you get and the interest you get and the support it gets from the college and, and other academia uh, elements within the university. So I, I can't say a good enough uh, enough good things about that.
0: Oh, well, thank you. And I know with the Pat Tillman Veterans Center for, well, since it started and so, uh, and I've worked with Michelle and Sean and I think the insight that you can gain from having experienced anything with the center uh, is amazing. And certainly um, I I think it's helped me in uh, dealing with understanding some of the uh, needs that the students That come to me that are veterans. I know in my class my favorite is when we have a mixture of students that wouldn't you know don't know military at all children of military and then some veterans, and then ROTC cadets. It's amazing to watch them dialogue. I must admit, it's probably one of the few groups I never have a problem getting discussions going because everyone has a perspective, (laughs) especially the people that I love the ones that are engaged to the ROTC cadets and they come. So what am I getting into?
1: And, and that's, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that's so important that those uh, up and coming leaders, be it the cadets and the midshipmen that have not yet commissioned, but are about to become those second lieutenants <laughs> and those, those uh, uh, ensigns, they, they need to hear this stuff. They need to have that experience passed on to them. They need to, uh, to really uh, figure that out and be successful when they hit the ground running because that will set them apart from their peers if they have that understanding and that perspective. And we, we can't give them that experience directly, but we can certainly convey it. And, and that's, you know, a critical element of, of higher ed is how can those of us that have been there and done that pass on to them the lessons learned that they can take and be successful with? And uh, I, I will tell you, I, I see that across the board. I did the time in ROTC and, and, and helped build and mentor those, those future leaders. I saw in my peers at other ROTC detachments that they were focusing on that as well and, and doing their best to integrate kind of that understanding of the family unit, how you're going to grow it, how you're going to build and support it. Whether you are, are jumping into that or not yet, you need to have awareness because those around you and those those troops that are, are, are working for you are going to have those needs and wants and 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 things to support them so the more you know the better off you are and, and
0: absolutely
1: what better way to do it than to get some insight from a program like like you've got
0: and i w- i would like for us to close out with talking just a little bit about our children briefly One, I wanted to let everyone know that my three children survived being (laughs) military children and uh, they grew up to be resilient productive adults. And so, um, and I have a grandson who's thinking about doing the military after college. So we haven't scared him off. That's good. And and so, but mine have already gone through it. So I'm going to let you close out, Jeff, with talking about uh, your daughters, who, by the way, this is just a sideline. They're awfully cute.
1: (laughs) Of course they are. (laughs) <laughs> but thank you. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up, and and I I did want to quickly kind of uh, throw that that topic in as well. Is uh, I w- I was contemplating the other day, and it, it was just a couple of days ago. It, it popped in my brain as uh, what what an experience our kids have had, and that they've been uh, yes the the they've they've had the issue of they've been dragged around the world and and, and many places, but I, I, I was thinking about my two girls. They're 11 and 14, and they've lived in five or six states. They've lived in, uh, overseas. They've, they've traveled places that m- many Americans, as older adults, don't even dream about, I mean, and, and even contemplate. So the experience set that they've been given really drives to, to your point about the resilience that you're seeing in, in your children who, who are grown up and, and having successful lives. Uh, Mine still have some things to, to go through and, and they will, uh, and they'll, they'll jump into it with both feet, but it's, a lot of it's predicated on that experience that they've had in the, you know, being a part of, of my family and, and my experience in the military. That, that just is is tough to compare uh, and 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 many people don't get it so we we take the the, the good with the bad in that case and that uh, yeah there there are those times and fortunately I haven't had that yet where oldest daughter says you know you're ripping me apart from my friends and my boyfriend <laughs> and all that stuff
0: it's coming
1: too too early for that <laughs> well at least now I'm retired and I don't have to, to to worry about the you know yanking them around the place but that they, they relished the moves. They enjoyed the new scenery. They, it, it was, it was a great foundation for them. So I, I, that's one thing I, I would leave, you know, with the folks that are listening to this and, and and considering those kinds of futures is there are some great benefits to it uh, that, that you just cannot uh, find uh, uh, in other places it, it, it just it, unless you're foreign service and 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 you know in the state department or some other kind of uh, federal entity that that does a lot of kind of international engagement and things you may get those experiences with your kids uh, but the military offers something that is just tough to to match uh, but there's there's always a price <laughs> right. what we're talking about so I, I I can't encourage it enough to be quite honest though.
0: Well, I'm hoping our conversation today helped to give some insight to uh, anyone that has chosen to watch it. And uh, I appreciate the good work of the Pat Tillman Center and hope you'll continue to work with me. Uh, And I couldn't agree more. I feel very blessed that we work for uh, the educational institution we work for that really look at diversity and really do look at inclusiveness. And uh, these are more than words. And for all the students that are watching, please know That um, you are at an an amazing university. They really do uh, put into place their beliefs and philosophies, and I think we can see it uh, exemplified by the the courses. And one of them is looking at the military. And I'll give you the last words, Jeff. I don't usually do that, but I'm going (laughs) to.
1: I'm not prepared because I knew that
0: <laughs> <laughs> because you're not used to me doing it.
1: <laughs> no, I, I appreciate the time to to speak on this uh, uh, very important and, and timely topics, and uh, it's great to have the synergy with your program, with with your school and your college, and, and with the Pat Tillman Veterans Center, and it's it's a great benefit to our students, and uh, not only our our veteran and military population, but but others that that need to learn it. So. Uh, Happy to support.
0: Great. Hope everyone has a good day. See, I did get the last one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's a wrap.
0: Here at the School of Social and Family Dynamics, we recognize that the land where we host this podcast at Arizona State University belongs to the Maricopa and Pima peoples. Connect with us and get access to all of our podcasts by visiting the sanfordschool.asu.edu/podcast, where you will also find links to all of our social media channels.